0: It's the importance of representative sampling you right. know, when when you're talking to to members and and user research. I mean, there are some cases, of course, where just one person has a particular problem. You want to address that in some cases right away. You don't need to hear it from you know a, a larger sample of people. And the example is kind of like a pothole. You know, if somebody drives over a pothole on on a road. You don't need 100 people falling into that pothole before you realize okay that quickly needs to be addressed right but in other cases like you said you can't always just listen to the most vocal minority and of course you know again representative sampling is, is a huge part of that and, and being able to distinguish between who's saying it and and who is not saying it and, and why some different communities of of members might be saying it and of course listening and and respecting it but like you said not always making decisions based on just what maybe a a vocal group might be saying
1: go it right. AI. Form Super Set. We'll show you what it's all about it's a total
2: workout. welcome to the superset podcast. this is Crystal O'Keefe <laughs> and this is Tom O'Keefe Hi Hi
1: so I think we just go straight into talking about our interview this week.
2: Yeah, the interview was so fascinating.
1: Yeah, we talked to. Uh, I see if I remember how to say the last names. Zach Lebivich, Lebivix, Vitch. Vitch. There we go. And Dan Tuzeo, Tis- Tis- Tuzeo. There we go. Yeah. And they work in the on the development team. Yeah. And they take us all through uh, what uh, what goes into
2: the design of a program.
1: D- yeah, like it's really interesting, and they they. They go deep, man. It's a lengthy conversation, but I thought it was fascinating. So if you want to know what kind of thought process goes into the tonal classes and programs that you take... I think you will find this to be a very enlightening discussion.
2: Yeah. And uh, I know a lot of people ask a lot of questions about like, why can't I have this class? and Why can't I have that class? And I want this and I want that. So maybe having this like understanding of all of the deep thought that is going into why things are being done, hopefully will be helpful.
1: And you also get information on how to talk directly to them if you have ideas. Yes. Because they want to hear them. They do. They, They like to hear what people have to say they like to hear so much what people have to say they actually liked something i said during this the interview notes were taken they were writing things down <laughs> and not the so like i'm i know what it looks like when someone's pretending to write something down <laughs> to appease me I get placated frequently because I am a white man, and and uh, but no, they were serious. Yeah, there was real writing going on there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, um, what else, pray tell, do we have in store for people this week?
2: Uh, Well, we are going to talk about a bunch of new programs that are going to be hitting. uh, Programs and classes. I don't want to mislead people. Yeah. So lots. And then, of course, there's going to be new content that we're going to talk about, new programs and new workouts. So kind of break it out a little bit for everybody.
1: We should also say we know people are like loving pickleball.
2: Oh, yes. So we're going to talk about. Strength training.
1: How to use your strength training to get better at pickleball? Yeah, so it's a great way for you to strengthen your pickle. <laughs> Is that what we're doing? No, no, okay, no. but uh, strengthen your ball, your-, your pickleball.
2: Pickleball game.
1: There we go. <laughs> so uh, before we get to all that shameless plugs, don't forget we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeart. Wherever you find your podcast, you can find us while you're there. Be sure and follow us so you never miss an episode. Maybe uh, leave us a review, always super helpful, greatly appreciated. You can find us on social media at facebook.com slash supersetpodcast while you're there. Uh, be sure and like the page and join the group. And don't forget, you can watch all of these episodes on YouTube at our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the clip out named after our other show. But uh, you can find all of our programming there. Also, don't forget that you can s- save money if you're still... On the fence about buying a tonal, yeah, you can save money by by having listened to this show, right?
2: Yep, it's a uh, hundred dollars off when you put in code the clip out into the little buying code blink. You can get a hundred dollars off. Yeah,
1: so uh, if you're on the fence and you're listening to us, because we know some people listen to us because they they're still trying to figure out. If is this
2: the, a good? Is is the tonal right for
1: that? Is there enough content? Does it actually do what it says it does? Yes, yes, and yes. So, um, save yourself a hundred bucks. Use the clip out at checkout.
2: New tonal content.
1: So obviously, people come to tonal for different reasons. People have different goals. Some people yeah. want to get lean. Some people want to get jacked.
2: <laughs> like you.
1: Well, you want to I get would. Jacked. I would like to have more muscles than <laughs> I have. I know you. You would like me to have more muscles than I have so far. You seem to like the ones like that I'm getting. Muscles. But uh, but they have lots of great build muscle programs for people who are, that's their goal. Mm-hmm. They are scientifically proven, which is one of the things I really love about Tonal is thats is that they're doing the thinking so I don't have to. Yes. And, and it's to help you maximize each of your sessions so you get to your goals faster because you know how much... I don't like working out.
2: And you don't like to think about what you need to do. Uh, no. You just want to show I, up and do the thing. Like, you don't want to have to, like, design the perfect program no, for you. You just want to show up and do it.
1: Exactly. So yeah.
2: Well, and uh, Tonal has created several... There's several new Build Muscle workouts that are coming out right now. So they would fit into what you're looking for, Tom. There's a new one called Epic Shoulders, and it is going to be... um Coming from Akeem, Coach Akeem. Okay. So, it is, this is the perfect class for you if you are looking for building those boulder shoulders. Now, this tends to be like something that guys really, really want to do, but... Women need that shoulder work, too, because we need to keep our shoulders mobile. Yeah. And we also need to be able to lift above our bodies, which is not something I am typically good at. So this is a, an important workout. Anyway, you're going to hit the muscles from your shoulders from all angles and work in a variety of rep ranges to stimulate hypertrophy and endurance gain. So you're going to be getting both. Yes, your shoulders are going to hurt when you are done. But You can use burnout mode to finish it up. But then they have full body barbell. I think you will really like this class, Tom. Uh, This one is quality time with the barbell, and you're going to build some serious strength. So in the first block, you're going to go through four different compound exercises using a descending rep scheme to keep fatigue from slowing you down. That means that the reps get smaller. Um,
1: I I know what descending means, but thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not good at science, but I'll... I do no words. <laughs>
2: well, then you'll tell me you don't know what that means. Uh, when it comes to exercise, you like get this blank look on your face. Well, the second block is then going to transition to a higher volume set that's going to use accessory muscles to help you dial in your proper movement patterns. And then you're going to feel like, you know, all the barbell things by the okay. end of the workout.
1: You know, it's funny. I tend to like the handles better than the barbell. Really? I do. I But what I like about a class like this is when I, if it's, and obviously I don't know that. All the moves are barbell, but since it's got barbell in the title, I'm assuming it probably is. I like the not switching back and forth.
2: Yeah, I I I think that the the instructors do a pretty good job of like you don't have to like do a lot of moving back and forth. That so doesn't tend to bother me.
1: I think they do a really good job of of minimizing the amount that you have to move but back you and forth. Still have to but move you still it. have to do yeah. it sometimes. So it's like when it when it's a barbell class, and I know it's all barbell that there's a certain freedom of like oh I can set this up and be done.
2: Set it and forget it. Yes. Well, you also might like the leg day essentials. Okay,
1: first off, nobody is is gonna I, like a leg listen, day essential. I
2: know. Class. They're not gonna like leg day. But you might like the class because it's simple. This is a classic lower body workout. So you're going to push, pull, and step laterally to using explosive movements and high reps to improve your strength, your balance, and muscle mass. So it's effective, but it doesn't have a lot of extras that you don't need. It's just focused on what you need to get the leg day done.
1: Well, and that probably is good because, like, since it's kind of universal that people hate leg day, right? So, like, I guess... The fewer bells and whistles they pack into it, if you're already like, oh, it's leg day, like just get in, get out.
2: Get in, get out. Exactly. Uh, Speaking of get in, get out, there's also a new quick fit, lats and triceps. This one is, uh, you just need your rope and you're going to use two moves. It's very short uh, and you're going to do a single arm pull, which is going to increase your lat strength and your range of motion for those overhead presses. And then you're going to go into the tricep extensions for a accessory burnout. So- very short and sweet. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so that is all of our muscle building.
1: So, and I I know this is kind of gendered, and this isn't always the case, right? Sometimes women want to build muscles we talked about, and but we also have some workouts that we feel like women
2: will really gravitate towards. Yeah. And I, I tend to think tonal has a pretty good... Like eye on these. One, they work with Stacy Sims, and she's very in tune with women. But also, there's several women instructors, and so they get what we want to do at home too. And so, and of course, all of us at home are also giving tonal all of our feedback. For sure. So, A couple of new programs. One is called Shaped and Shredded Maximum Burn. So this is super, super popular among female members that are looking to build lean muscle and burn fat. So you're going to do heavy lifting with supersets and drop sets using the burnout mode. That's going to drive muscle and development while also cardio conditioning is going to keep your heart rate high. So these workouts are designed to get a metabolic response so your muscles will keep torching calories all day long. And also, <laughs> women, there's a big old focus on some glute and core work, and that is what women love. So this has got high volume sets, short rest periods, and a big dose of burnout. You also have another program to try out, Heavy, lifting, heavy Lifts Hardcore. Now, this is for the beginners. So this is going to be helping women who are going to be looking for gaining proficiency in those big compound movements to develop strength and muscular endurance. You're also going to be getting core work in each session to build a strong and stable midsection. There's going to be upper body, lower body, and full body focused days. So you're always going to get a little core in each of those days, which is perfect.
1: Absolutely. And before we segue into individual workouts, we should probably talk about the fact that like there's this myth, like women are deathly afraid. A lot of women are deathly afraid of like, quote unquote, bulking up. Yeah. Like is if if they do one strength based workout, they're going to walk away looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger. And ladies, if it was that easy, everybody, you, you'd see a lot more men who look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, yeah. it's, so it's like not really something you need to be afraid of. And as I've heard you talk about and Stacey Simmons talk about, it gets harder as women approach menopause to build muscle, which makes it all the more important to do things like this.
2: Not only is it hard to build the muscle, but you're losing the muscle yeah. like both things are happening. So I have read over and over again from very reputable sources that like if there is one thing you can do to prolong your life, it is lift heavy Weights, so please, women, do not be afraid to do that. Now, I'm probably talking to women who already aren't scared of that, but so share this with other people, other other women who might be scared of it. Yeah, but yes, to your point, Tom, there are also three brand new individual workouts that are going to be that are very popular among women. One is the upper body quick fit. Again, women, myself, we do not always have the upper body like strength, so this is a good class for somebody like me that's like I want to get in and get out. And I want to focus on upper body. There's also quick get. So this is a sit session and a hit session. So you're going to get your heart pumping uh, and you're going to work at a very high intensity, high impact plyometrics. So that means you're going to go easy on your joints, but also boosting your metabolism and calories and then are burning calories rather not boosting the calories. We don't want to make the calories <laughs> stay. Uh, one more quick fit down to deadlift. So those are really, really important for your posterior chain. So basically everything on the back end uh, and it's going to strengthen your glutes as part of that package. So this quick session, that's all you're going to do is focus on that. You're going to do unilateral and bilateral bilateral deadlift variations and work on activating your backside and hamstrings throughout glute through glute bridges.
1: So let's talk pickleball.
2: You want to talk pickleball?
1: Yeah. All right. Now, this is, I mean, I see people talking about this everywhere. It's I, everywhere. I will, of course, never do it because it is a sport. <laughs> so it is. But I also know that lots of people love sports and and it's a great way it's a great thing to if you enjoy it work into your fitness routine because it's like exercising but it's a game right
2: well it's it is a game but it's also the fastest growing game uh so people are just like picking it up left and right like the reason you're hearing about it everywhere is because there are 36.5 million players in as of january of 2023 that's up from five million two years Whoa, ago. yeah,
1: that's crazy,
2: right. So it is definitely the fastest sport growing sport now, it's a it's a smaller court than and it and it has like a lighter weight racket than tennis. Okay. So it's a little easier for for people to be able to play it because uh, you don't have as much running back and forth
1: i when I've seen it play like clips on the news, it kind of looks like ping pong if you were standing on the table,
2: yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to to describe it. And I want to point out that it also is the highest sport that's sending people to the emergency room. (laughs) And listen, that doesn't mean you can't play it. I'm saying that because people go from like doing nothing, being super sedentary, and then running out to the court. They're using a lot
1: of muscles that they haven't used in a long time. And their body is saying, no, thank you. I'm not going to participate in that.
2: <laughs> Precisely. But here is where Tonal can help you with that because there are so many moves that you can do on the Tonal that are going to improve your pickleball game but also make you strong specifically for pickleball. So you're going to be able to go out there and you're already going to feel good. You're not going to you're not going to get injured because you will already have had you will have already
1: trained your body exactly to, to be prepared for these sorts of movements and activities.
2: So, there's a workout called Pickleball Power Strength Gains. Here are the moves you need to do: rotational chop, barbell front squat, single arm rotational punch. All of those are going to help you there, there's a ton of them.
1: Is the rotational punch that for like if you see the other team cheating? You just punch you them, punch them?
2: You know Anytime anytime you hear the word rotational that is working on your core, your steadiness. Okay. It's also in this particular case it's going to be working this is going to improve your forehand and backhand swings because you're you're using the same muscle groups, you're using the same movement patterns and Mm -hmm. so when you go to actually play the game you're going to be better at that and when it comes to the barbell front squat which tom this is your nemesis you
1: hate this one you can swap it out for a racked squat that's my recommendation
2: (laughs) you can but it is a foundational exercise anytime you want to develop leg strength uh and it's going to help you grip uh it's going to help you change your grip to protect your shoulders at the line. So this is this is kind of like a, an exercise that's going to help you protect yourself out there. Gotcha. Um, and then the resisted lateral lunge is going to help you with your lunges because when you're out there and you're running and you have to like lean over to grab the ball. You're not grabbing, you're hitting it back. But you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, if you've already done some of these lunges, like the resisted lateral lunge, the resisted deep lunge, that's going to, that's the part that helps injury prevention, right? right. That's going to help you be better out there on the court you, and not hurt yourself.
1: You do a lunge like that and you're not prepared for it. You haven't done it in a long time. You're going to give yourself an episiotomy. <laughs> you got to be careful. Men, too.
2: <laughs> that, that's going to be a tough one to pull off But yeah um, And then you have the resisted step up This is a unilateral move That's going to challenge your balance But it also helps with that side to side movement When you're playing a game like tennis or pickleball Uh, You're moving side to side. You're not always going in a straight line as opposed to say something like running or walking. You're always going forward, right? Not in tennis, not in pickleball. You're moving side to side. And then the bent over row, although the paddles are a lot lighter with pickleball, you still need to work on your upper body strength because swinging the paddle is going to get a lot of forward pushing movement in the shoulder and you want to make sure you've got those shoulders protected. So again, that upper body, you want to make sure you do that. You want to make sure you do pulling exercises such as rows also to contact, to counteract all that swinging.
1: This is like swinging two bats in the on-deck
2: <laughs> Exactly. Uh, so those are the moves you need to do to be your best at pickleball. I love it. New tonal features.
1: So custom workouts are out there in the wild for everyone to partake in now. Yeah. And it's a great time for people to... Learn how to share them.
2: Yeah. And so it's super, super easy. You've made a custom workout. Now you have the tools. All you got to do is open up your workout under the custom tab in your app. And then you click the share button. It's right in the top hand corner. You can't miss it. Top right corner. I like that we're on step two and I'm already at the share button. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's pretty easy. Yeah. So then you get this like link, and then you can use that personalized link to share. You can send it on text, email, airdrop, any social media app. And then once your recipient adds it, they just go to their library and add it to their library. And then they can start using on Tonal. Could not be easier.
1: That is super simple.
2: Yeah. Awesome. Checking in with the Tonal community
1: joining us today via the magic of zoom tube two people from tonal whose names i have to say quickly before i forget the pronunciation tutorials i was given <laughs> it's zach libovich and dan Tutseo. did i get that right oh, yes all
2: right two for two tom
1: don't ask me again in five minutes <laughs> i was like as soon as they said it i'm like we gotta start recording right now i'll never get this right
2: so Let's start with just knowing about what both of you guys do at Tonal. So can we start with Zach, we'll start with you. What do you do? What's your official title?
3: Yeah, of course. First of all, pleasure to be on the podcast. Thank you so much. I am a senior product manager here at Tonal and my area of purview is content. And so content at Tonal, I'm sure most are familiar with our content, but it's workouts, programs, everything in between. We've got custom formats as well. So there's the element of strategizing about what we do create. So that's on the content side. And then on the member side, it's how people interact with content. So think of recommendations, where you find content, new content types,
1: working with the software team and the content team in both regards. And now you're in content. It's like the matrix for you. <laughs> it's embedded. Like, oh, you're creating but now you're inside <laughs> it. <laughs> means he's gonna be constantly judging what, how the show's going. <laughs> not good content, bad content. Bad content. It's and now Dan's somewhere.
2: like, I'm not answering this yes. question. I don't want to. <laughs> How That's about right, you, Dan? One, yeah, I was going
0: to say, I'm the one with the critical lens is doing the real analysis. I lead user experience research at Tonal. So user experience research or design research, basically, it's a practice of helping the company put ourselves in the shoes of our members so we can all understand and empathize with their experiences and, and their needs. And so... That means, you know, the day-to-day revolves around uh, our members, talking to them, listening to them, in some cases, bringing them into our headquarters and observing how they interact with Tonal. And it's all in pursuit of identifying their needs and and communicating those needs so that product development and design can address them and and we can constantly be moving forward and improving what we do. Oh, wow. So here's
1: your first curveball as Mm. you're putting yourself in the shoes of members. Oh, great. Mm -hmm. I don't wear shoes when I work (laughs) out, so... (laughs) I you guess I just ignored Dan. Is that what you're telling me? You're just <laughs> ignoring my experience. <laughs>
0: the, the beauty of working out from home. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> it really is, right? Like you'd never do that in a gym. No, well, I would never it would do be that in disgust. a gym. I can't even you handle. Right? Oh wait, we were just having to talk about this at my hair salon. I was telling the ladies there. That when I was recently at a movie theater, there were people there, they were like all in their reclined seat and they had brought like this giant picnic basket size, like thing of food. And then they had a blanket, their shoes though, their shoes were kicked off bare feet. And I was like, no, no, that is, this, that is too far. <laughs> <laughs>
1: There are boundaries that we have to draw. Exactly. (laughs) We are a civilized society. There
3: are rules.
2: As as our children say, put the dogs away.
3: Yes. Right at the top of this, Crystal and Tom told us that they are going to a back-to-back movie marathon. We are. So that might be something for you to try or...
1: You never know. You might see that when you're there.
2: I'm hoping I don't see it there. Yeah. I'm hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping that was a one-time thing, you know?
1: We are, yeah, we are getting ready to do Barbenheimer. We're doing yes. Barbie fo- immediately followed by Oppenheimer. So, at least at Barbie, I think we'll probably see a better class of feet.
2: <laughs> that's true. There's a better chance of seeing pedicures. Right. <laughs>
1: I don't want to see feet no matter what. I'm not a feet guy. If that's your jam, not judging you. Whatever. But, I'm, but I definitely don't want to see the feet from the, the Oppenheimer crowd. If that's. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they'd be very explosive. Yeah, <laughs>
2: I like what you did there. Yeah.
1: So back to tonal. Remember oh, yeah,
2: tonal? yeah, that was yeah. right. Yeah.
1: So how d- do people with your backgrounds end up at tonal? Because I mean, when you were going to school, something like this didn't even exist. So, like, what was the plan? Is this just an evolution? Was this just a complete surprise that your skill set fit something like this?
0: Yeah. you take this one? Sure. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was kind of a natural progression, even though maybe it sounds like it's not at first. So my background, I'm basically a career researcher and educator. So, you know, before working in domain of UX research and companies and agencies in the Bay Area, I spent about a decade in academia. So it's really an outgrowth of my academic background. I've got a, a PhD from Stanford and a master's in history and ethnography. And, and ethnography. what now?
1: Is that about cussing? Ethnography? <laughs> I think I already have <laughs> a PhD in that.
0: <laughs> it's, it's an integral part of it. I think anybody who's gone through uh, grad school knows the importance of cursing through it. But more specifically, it's, it's a part of anthropology. So it's really the kind of characteristic idea that you have of an anthropologist who goes into the field some, you know, faraway location, maybe, or even in a a more mundane location, like a business or work organization. And, you know, you observe people, you interview people, talk to them, listen to them so that you can understand what they're doing and why they're doing it and really try to get at the, the motivations of what drives them. And so from there, I built up a toolkit in being able to, you know, talk to people in a very analytical way and kind of get past just the surface explanation of what they are doing and why they're doing it, why they think they need to be doing it. And and that toolkit of course led me, you know, very, very naturally into UX research where you're just doing the same thing in a different domain. And then the other side of that academic coin, of course, is also the active educator role. So designed and taught courses at Stanford, Columbia, Florida State University, a research academy in China. So
1: after Stanford to... and Columbia, Florida State's got to really feel like slumming it, right?
2: like I'll
1: say it. He can't. He's like, no, it's delightful. But uh, it
0: really was. You uh, know, my, my time at Florida State was integral in all of this. Um, couldn't so, say gay, but I. <laughs> uh, well, it was long before uh, back back when Florida Man was just a joke. Uh, yeah, yeah, times are different, unfortunately, but yeah in any case, I mean that skill of of communicating like complex ideas uh to both experts and non specialists i think is has also been really important and and being able to communicate user needs member needs to people like Zach and you know designers executives everybody throughout the organization because that's basically what we do right I observe people i talk and listen to people i analyze data i communicate insights and so that's why even though my background in, in academia was focused on like Chinese Buddhist communities, it's quite different. The skill set was was a natural kind of foundation for UX research.
2: Okay, so what exactly is UX re- research? Is that user interface? Is it that simple? Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. It, it's the user experience. And so we oh, sometimes it's also it's also called design research because you know the goal is to again like identify human both needs that maybe are things that we're trying to already meet or things that we need to be developing. It's a way of improving the user experience, and it's also a way of helping our design team. Understand what kinds of interactions people need in order to make things more intuitive or, or easy or delightful.
2: I hear all of that as you're able to translate what we say and do and then make that in practical terms for the people who do the stuff behind the scenes. They, they build That's, the things.
1: You're, you're, <laughs> trying, you're trying to Great find enough. out why we do what we do, <laughs> even when we don't know why we do what we do.
2: Oh,
0: that's right. Yeah. That's right. Find out why you do it and, and what you need to be able to actually accomplish the things that you really want to accomplish.
1: Okay. Huh. So UX is human needs. Okay. Human that's wants right. are UXX. <laughs> that's how that works. that's <laughs> That's when the shoes come off. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Not always. You know? The next front tonal. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Okay, so okay,
1: Zach, now yeah, you explain
2: Zach, yeah. yours. Yeah, exactly. How'd you end up here?
1: No pressure. <laughs> no
3: no, no PhD, but I can walk you through my uh, lineage. <laughs> no, you, you asked the question uh, back in the day, Tonal didn't exist. I didn't know what it was when I was back in school. I didn't even know what my craft was, product huh? management, until later on into my undergrad or college experience. And so the one thing that's kept me super interested in product management. I'll take a step back and define that for you too. Product management is effectively in this role. I am responsible. Product managers are responsible for product strategy. So what exactly we work on and why, making sure that aligns with our business strategy, but also, as Dan mentioned, solving deep user needs so that we can really push forward in the company's evolution. And... Again, didn't know this existed about eight years back, but I was lucky enough to find an internship at a company called Zynga and fell in love with the craft. It's the perfect mix of being a little bit creative, but also analytical. Since then, I've worked at a variety of uh, companies in different roles. The one thing that's been the area of interest for me is uh, just really when I can port myself into the shoes of a customer. And the easiest way to do this is to say, I am a primary customer of of whatever I'm using. And so I thought it was a little bit of a pipe dream back in the day when I built a workout app to blend what I do for a living with my passion in life, which was fitness. So when I was scrolling through LinkedIn one day, one day when I was super motivated at work, (laughs) uh, I (laughs) I stumbled upon this position at... Tonal, where they were looking for someone to help, again, formulate the strategy for content, work with the content team, so the producers, the coaches, the directors, to figure out what type of content do we produce. And once I heard about the role, I thought, this is such a natural fit that I, just, I have to at least try to get this job. And I was fortunate enough to make it through the interview process and haven't looked
1: back since.
2: Wow, that's really cool. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: All I wonder. Oh, go ahead, Tom. I was going.
1: We should say Crystal. It, her background is project management.
2: Well, project management, not quite. I don't. That's not the same as product management. Oh, it's pro- a little,
1: I thought he was saying project. No, it's oh, a little, I see. little different. Hang on, little, I need to my enunciate questions. better. But
2: yeah,
1: <laughs> man- I'm just man- here man. for comic relief. <laughs> same here. Nothing else to the equation. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's why we don't ask Tom how he found his way.
1: No, but... I still
2: haven't. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> okay, so taking that background and taking what you guys both do, what does a practical application look like of listening to members? How does that reveal itself?
0: Yeah, well, there are a lot of different ways that we do it from a kind of passive approach you know we've got feedback coming in daily from our members. We've got OTC, the official tonal community. We have surveys that go out to our members on a regular basis asking about some specific questions around how they're using the product, what kinds of features and, and things they think need to be improved or developed. We've got backend data that we can see, you know maybe some people like this over that. So that gives us some indication of what their experiences are like. But then you know, speaking for my own practice of of user research or member research. It really depends on the project, but basically we we reach out to members on a regular basis. I'm constantly talking to members, whether it's through, again, surveys or direct conversations. We all have one-on-one interviews with members for an hour. We'll learn about their experience, learn about, again, the kinds of uh, pain points they're running up against, the kinds of things they think need to be developed or changed. Again, we will regularly bring our members into the headquarters in San Francisco for uh, usability testing in order to again see how they're interacting with the product, whether it's the hardware or the content or the user interface. So there are a lot of different ways that we go about listening to our members and talking to our members. And one thing that we've recently started doing is increasing the, the contact that people like Zach and people across the organization who aren't trained researchers have with our members through these informal conversations, both one-on-one conversations with our members and roundtable conversations. So there's a lot of what we call qualitative uh, research that goes on uh, and a lot of ways that we gather feedback and not only listen to it, but again, strategize based on that feedback that we get and, and go on to implement some changes based on what we're hearing from our members.
3: Yeah. And just to add on to that, a lot of what Dan, he did reference some more quantitative measures like surveys. We collect those results. We can generate reports from that. This is where I nerd out. I mentioned that product management, I love the analytical aspect. And so there's an element of listening to members just through interfacing with them. But there's also trying to understand members based on what they're doing in the app and with what type of content so in my world with regards to content we have so many levels of input where we can take a look at whether or not someone completes a workout drops off within the first five minutes that tells us a lot about the affinity or the fit of that content to the member doing it we also have post-workout surveys that we ask every single time you do a workout that just generate a wealth of data for us. We have that five-star rating. So we're able to pivot that by different formats, different coaches. And that tells us a lot, again, about where people are voting or, or showing their preferences with foot traffic or with actions that they're taking.
1: So has there ever been a time when when you're asking people this, someone said something that isn't necessarily something you've gotten in the aggregate, but you've just been like, holy cow, that person nailed it. Why didn't I think of that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that, that we hear from our members that you can't necessarily see through some of that back end aggregate data is the personal impact that Total has had on their lives. And, you know, this is something that comes up regularly. You know, like I said, we're, we're constantly interviewing our members, having conversations with them, bringing them in for, for usability testing. And basically every conversation, every time we talk to them, inevitably, someone is going to say something about how Tonal transformed their lives in in some way. And it's really interesting because you might expect that from people who maybe didn't work out before and, and then they learned about Tonal and they finally pulled the trigger and decided to start working out because of this kind of new convenience that they had or the privacy that they had at home, being able to work out. So you expect to hear from those folks that, oh wow, total and strength training really changed my life, and in, in some ways. But you you hear it from people who are, are longtime athletes as well. So it really runs the the gambit and uh, the gamut, I should say. And I think that that's. Been something that, again, you, you don't really see through the back end aggregate data, the impact that it has on their lives, the way that somebody has changed their confidence, the way that somebody has changed the way they interact with other people, all because of you know this new practice of strength training that they never would have picked up or uh, that they are able to engage in in a different way now that they've got, you know, this new device in, in their home with all this great content on it. So that's one thing that comes up regularly that that you don't see without talking to people directly.
1: Gotcha. When you said Gambit, I was like, Dan likes
2: the X-Men. He's I probably a fan of the Wolverine then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: The move—that's the move. That's the, move. I, the Wolverine. The Wolverine. The, yeah. <laughs> so on the flip side of that question, and yeah, I don't know if you'll answer this, but I'm going to ask it anyway.
2: <laughs>
1: What's the dumbest thing somebody's ever said to you? Oh those no! <laughs>
0: no <laughs> such thing. Uh, How about yeah. least helpful? Okay. How about that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. So I, I have to say, right, with with a background in education, there really are no dumb. Questions or dumb feedback. I mean, maybe the least helpful things that we get from members are if we send out a survey asking for their feedback and they just write back with you know some mean comment saying, "Oh, wow. oh I'm not happy with tonal." You know that if you say you're not happy with tonal and whatever colorful language uh, you want to use. It's not really going to be very helpful. If if you're not happy with total, then you should probably be telling us why. Right. If you
1: want to change, then you got to explain what is making you not happy.
2: And you need the specifics to be able to do something with that, to make it actionable. Right.
0: Yeah. but, But I should say, I mean. It's incredibly rare. I, I can probably count on one hand the amount of times that one of our members has given us that, that kind of a response. So yeah. that's not an invitation for any listeners to start, you know. <laughs> let's let's just, set a new PR. Let me count on my, on my fingers
2: and toes. I and feel like if
1: someone you. is not happy with their tonal, we are probably not a podcast they're choosing to listen to. That's
2: true. That's true. Because <laughs> yeah, we are is, very happy with.
1: <laughs> as, as a product
3: manager, this is an element that's really special for me is because I've never worked on a product that had an entire Facebook community devoted to it yeah, and such an active one at that. And I think the passion that our members exude come through in their willingness to share feedback in their openness to talk to us and previous roles at previous companies, whether I'd be building a game or an app for foodies, it's hard to get people to want to talk. But in this case, people share information so freely and such valuable information.
2: Yeah, Tom and I have talked about that before because like if you buy like a recliner or something, like how excited can you get about it? Like you're excited you might have it, but like like, you're not like, lazy boy, they're the best, (laughs) you know? You don't want to have an
1: ongoing conversation about it. You come home, you sit in it, and that's the end of the thought process about the chair. But like, You're not posting a uh, before and after picture of you in the lazy boy out of
3: the lazy boy. (laughs)
2: Exactly. Exactly. Unless there's like, you know, an influence are out there for lazy boys. I don't know. But like, not the average person. They're not whereas like tonal brings out that passion that you're talking about. I mean, there's so much to discuss. And there's so many different ways to use it. And there's so many different type of athletes. And it's really fascinating to see because sometimes I'll hear people talk about stuff like powerlifting and nothing wrong with powerlifting. It's just not the way my brain works or wants to work out. And so like, I don't know anything about it. I'm always fascinated by like the way that some people like choose to use these like aftermarket items to be able to get the most out of it. And it's like a whole different machine that they're using as opposed to somebody like me who's just like. I just want to get stronger, you know, (laughs) like I just, I just want it for aesthetics. So I really think that it's interesting how many places Tonal can go with that. I'm curious about the data that you do get whenever you get that member input, like how do you use that and like transform it into value for Tonal?
3: Yeah, that's a good question. It really depends on the problem that we're trying to solve. But in general, an example is this text feedback at the end of Workouts, it comes in like a fire hose and it's a lot to sift through i've gone through the process did this with custom by tonal results where i was just my eyes were beat red from just scrolling through thousands of rows of comments that's not the practice that we try to uh develop here but in this case it was just i was eager to <laughs> synthesize these results <laughs> but there are different ways to look at the data that you are looking at based on the problem that you're trying to solve and so When it comes to user input, let's talk about the feedback that we're getting. We have a super talented data team at Tonal that will help us not only make sense of all this user input that we're getting, but also categorize it, classify it, quantify what type of input we're getting so that for every single workout or even a singular coach, we know what are the top pieces of feedback that they get. And we can then dive in a little deeper, drive into either certain programs or workouts and uncover that, scroll through those comments once you drill down to a specific area of interest. But it really starts with understanding what problem we are trying to solve and then presenting the data in a way that I think the biggest thing is in a way that is digestible, that does make sense to us. A lot of times it makes sense to us what is happening, but what doesn't make sense is why it's happening. And that's where there's the connection between the great connection between product and UXR here is oftentimes I'll work with Dan and say, Hey, here's something that I'm seeing in the data. People are transitioning from this type of program to that type of program, but we don't understand why. Maybe we work together, come up with all the data that we can to formulate a hypothesis to figure out what it is, but then really talking to members is the true unlock that gets us that level of clarity.
2: I'm picturing an example, and tell me if I'm off base or not, I'm picturing an example of like the why that you're trying to figure out is like, if you start seeing people always swap out a move like why are they swapping out that move is it because Mm -hmm. it's too hard yeah yeah, right like that like is it that or is it that like (laughs) is it that it's not an enjoyable move it does or maybe it requires equipment to be moved or you know like that's the kind of thing you're digging into
1: She's yeah, fascinated because yeah, I swap out moves all the time. Yeah,
2: and I never and, do. And she I'm never like,
1: does. And once that was my, a thing, my mind. I'm like, gone. Yeah,
2: like yeah. he's always so just calm, like. Why Is that
1: injury? Is that move preference? Is uh, that so that... there's oh. there's two reasons.
2: And you're not going to like them. <laughs> <laughs> the,
1: f- the first reason is like the thing where you got to lift the barbell with your neck. Um,
2: <laughs> do you guys know what he's talking about? The front squats? The front, front squat. squat. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That move you don't can like go. You that move can go f itself. I will never do that move. And so I'm glad because I can't do it right, and I, I just I get mad, and he I get
2: so and mad. so,
1: and it's but but I love that I can swap out moves because I used to be if that was a move in a workout, I just would s- totally skip it. And since I kind of only do programs, I don't tend to do one offs. It would take sometimes entire four week programs completely off my list of possibilities. So that's great. And then the other time is when I feel like I'm changing from bars to hand. Like sometimes if I pull that move out, the other three moves are barbells and I tend to swap it out for like sumo squat or something like that, or racked squats. And so Mm -hmm. then now I have to keep swapping the handles back and forth. So I go and swap out the barbell version of the moves for the handle version of that same move. So I'm not really changing the move so much as I am the equipment.
2: And I'm like a rule follower. So I never, ever, ever change out. that. Like if you guys say do it this way, I always do it this way. I mean, unless there's an injury, like I always do it.
3: <laughs> That's awesome to hear. Yeah, we, I mean, we hear so many different use cases. I'm like you, Crystal, where whatever's prescribed, I'll just jump into it. But, Tom, there are so many people that fall into that bucket of moves that they just don't want to do. Yeah. And hopefully they're doing the same thing as you, replacing the moves instead of completely avoiding the program.
1: Because then you miss out on so much good quality content. For sure. You know what I would love to see? And maybe it already does this. I don't know. But when you're swapping out moves, since you're right here, I'm going to totally turn this into my time. So... <laughs> please, uh, I do the same thing when we have psychologists on. He does.
2: He does. Let me tell you about my
1: mother. When I'm swapping out a move, I honestly, I'm not trying to make it like easy, right? I literally cannot successfully do that barbell squat thing. And so, but I'm not trying to make my workout easier. I just would like to still be able to like breathe and talk when I'm done. (laughs) And so when I'm picking a, a move to swap out, I would love to know if those would display in the order of difficulty. Like, I would really like to default to the one that is the most likely to replicate the intensity and difficulty level of the move I just gave up. And sometimes it's obvious when it's like, oh, instead of doing a weighted squat, do a body weight squat. Well, I mean, even I can figure that one out. (laughs) But, But a lot of times I can't always tell, like, If I wanted the next hardest thing, where should I be landing? Yeah. For whatever that's worth.
3: I won't say much beyond this, but timely feedback. Okay.
2: Oh, little nugget. Look
1: at that.
3: I
2: love those.
3: (laughs) It's a little sprinkle. (laughs)
2: Little Easter egg. Yes.
1: Well, that's delightful.
2: And I'm pretty sure I saw Dan taking notes. So that's that's amazing.
1: (laughs) Either either that or doodling. It could
2: be. I mean, it's fair. Normally
1: when somebody's writing while I'm talking, it means I'm about to get a subpoena.
2: Yeah. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I can't, I can't have a conversation without taking notes. So, I, <laughs> uh...
2: I totally understand that. Yeah. I'm so glad that they have features on your phone now where you can just like the note feature and things like that, because there's so many times I'm out and about and somebody will say something. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to forget that. And now you can just type it straight into your phone. That is such a lifesaver. Otherwise, I was that person that had to carry around six million pieces of paper with me and then I'd lose one and then I couldn't find it. It's just chaos, chaos. <laughs> okay, I made it about me time that time. Uh, (laughs)
1: Selfish of you.
2: I know. (laughs) Back to Tonal. So if you were building a brand new feature, how would you go about collecting that member feedback? You've talked about the surveys at the end. You've talked about, I know that there's like all these surveys you send out email, but like what about things like beta tests? Are those how you get new information too?
3: Yeah, yeah. I mentioned before that it really starts with The problem that we're trying to solve and the reason it's so important is sometimes we think there's a certain problem that we're solving for and you need to recalibrate a little bit and realize that, hey, it's not that people want to replace their moves because they don't like it. Maybe it's because they don't know how to do it. And Tom, I'm not referencing you in that example. I'm uh-huh.
0: just saying not that not at all. Not at
1: all. It's like sometimes they're just giant wussies, and <laughs> we, they need someone to hold their hand like a small child. I, I read between the lines.
3: But the, the big thing there is really identifying. You want to know what the problem is because only certain people exhibit this problem, and so defining that member that archetype is going to be really important because that tells us who are we actually building this for often it's easy to boil the ocean while trying to solve a problem because you're solving for everyone and therefore you're solving for no one and in this case it's really helpful to understand who are the toms of the world and who are the crystals and who are the other archetypes that we need to solve for at that point generally when it comes to feedback we want to know that this problem is real and so oftentimes dan will lead the way here in talking to our members, really understanding why this pain point exists, if it exists. Dan, I don't know if you want to add in anything else about problem calibration.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are a couple of different threads that we pull on or levers that we pull on here. And so one approach is like Zach is saying, maybe we identify that there seems to be some kind of a problem. We have a project-based approach and we say, okay, let's get to the bottom of this and find out exactly what's going on. And then there's also just the process of what we call a continuous discovery. So, you know, I, I've been at Tonal for about two years now. And and over the course of those two years, you know, I've talked to countless members. We've got a, a repository of knowledge about the kinds of things that our members do run into. And so in some cases, we might say, OK, yeah, you know, this sounds like something that we've heard before. Let's go revisit some of these earlier interviews and, and then maybe follow up with some of those same members or, decide that we want to go a little bit deeper into new research into this area and can depend on the kind of project. If it's a discovery project, as we call it, that's something that's early in the development cycle. It's an opportunity to really learn about people's uh, mental models, their ways that they are hoping to engage with whatever it is that we're doing. Or if it's something that we're already using, something that's already a feature, that is not exactly being used in the way we want it to be used, or again, we see that there's like a drop off in engagement, and we might go through some some testing to see, okay, what is it? Is suddenly not working here? whether that's through you know remote testing with people on on Zoom or again bringing people into the office and and doing some some usability research. Or again, also just this process of continuously listening and saying, oh, yeah, okay, here's something that that keeps coming up. This is already guiding us. Let's move in that direction. So different approaches based on the time and the development lifecycle, basically.
3: Yeah. And Crystal, you mentioned betas. So once once we are in a position where we really feel like we're zooming in on what the solution could be to this problem. There are a couple of ways that we can validate whether or not we are solving the problem. One of the ways is running a beta. Another way is we build a feature. I mentioned we monitor data and data can tell us whether or not we're having an impact. We can, and we've been doing a lot more of this recently, which is why some people may notice that their tonal might look a little different than. Their friends tonal. Hmm. And that's because we experiment. We throw different experiences in front of people with the goal of moving a metric, moving something that we're measuring. And so that could be the time it takes you to find a workout as soon as you fire up your tonal. That could be getting you into a program that you actually follow through with. And so we are doing a lot more experimentation where we learn by giving... And sorry, to clarify, experiments just mean that we have different people seeing different things, and we measure what that looks like over time, just to see, based on, and usually we there's a control, which is your baseline experience, and then your variant, and you can test multiple variants, are something new, a new
1: treatment, a new experience that you're launching.
2: So. Like A B testing, like that's a way. way But it
1: sounds like they're doing like A B C D. Yeah,
2: yeah, it does. (laughs) So,
1: when somebody's in a beta, are they kind of randomly assigned, or are you going out and being like, "Well, we want to know how women react to this, or we want to know how people who only work out twice a week react to this? Can we get them up to four times? Is it kind of yes? It's all of that.
3: It's a mix. There's definitely the self selected betas, which is kind of like what we did with custom by Mm -hmm. where we want to specifically talk to and learn from the people that are doing this. The interesting thing about custom by is when we first developed it, we didn't know who exactly this would speak to. We knew generally what type of benefit a member would get from doing these workouts. And so that's an area where you, the content is in beta because We want to learn from the people that gravitate towards it. Other times, like when we were first launching live, we specifically wanted to talk to the people that we know would be interested in that type of content. And so there's sometimes we send out a survey or we look at... Again, data. It could be we want them to have shown enough workouts in a certain category, and that's the pre-screener that makes us reach out to them. So there are different ways to find yourself in a beta group, but we generally have like the custom by tonal example is more of an open beta group where anyone can opt in, uh, enter into it. Yeah, and then there's more of a closed beta, which is what we did with live, where it's only exposed to more than a handful of users or members but enough for us to learn from their experience.
1: Gotcha. I'm doing one of the custom things right now.
2: Yes, he is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious then if you can share with us like recent experiments and what you've learned from them.
3: Yeah. Yeah. There's one that comes to mind that is a fun one to talk through. So Crystal, you said you're a program or sorry, Tom, you said you're a program person. Yes. Like jumping from programs
1: to program. I don't like to think.
0: (laughs) yeah and so because i don't know what
1: i'm doing so i and i don't i don't like to work out and so i don't want to go down there and select anything i just want to hit a button and go so i don't get distracted and walk away
3: so you'll be happy to hear this we recently have been doing a lot of research and learning around what makes up a very successful onboarding onto Tonal Mm -hmm. specifically looking at your first 30 days on Tonal. And one thing that was very clear to us is that those that find a program that they actually stick with within their first month tend to be healthier users, not only at that point at 30 days, but beyond that. And so that showed us that there was this correlation between engaging with a good program and at least early to mid journey, let's call it like one month to six month health on our platform. But we didn't know if there's, if this is a causal relationship. And so that's something that we wanted to test is to say, Hey, if we only have X percent of people that are falling into this bucket of finding a program that they engage with within the first 30 days, can we increase that? That was the problem that we were trying to solve. We went around the table with different solutions. And ultimately what we came up with was, well, we know most everyone goes through the weight calibration as their very first workout, right? What if instead of just dropping you on the home screen, we gave you a really solid program recommendation and explained the benefit of joining a program so that It was just a simple one tap, you're in a program, hopefully you then engage with that program. So that's actually an experiment that we currently have running and it's showing promising early results. But yeah, that's one of those types of experiments where we nudge, see something in the data, we feel like we can help guide members into this healthier pathway, and so we test it.
1: Oh, I love that. I love those things when like they like behavioral scientists kind of like, we're just going to give you just a little push and like, you know, and just we're going to give you we're going to recreate what your options are in a way that is going to steer you in a direction, which is great when people are using it for things like this, right? This is a good reason to, to nudge somebody a certain direction. Obviously you can use it for ill as well. But I, I just love just the thought that goes into how do you get somebody to just kind of like, without even realizing it, guide down this other path. It's fascinating.
2: It is.
0: Uh, it's, it's really all about meeting our members where they are, right? And and seeing exactly where they are now and where they need to be headed so that they can you know, get the results that they're looking for in the most convenient and, and efficient way. Because we know that from talking to our members regularly, that's really what they're looking for. They're trying to get healthier, get stronger, and do it in a way that doesn't waste time. And so this is you know a prime example of a way that we can try to move them in that direction without having to think too much. Like you said, Tom, I mean, the number of users and members that I've talked to who say, yeah, I just want to roll out of bed in my pajamas, walk over to the tonal, and hit start is is again, uh, you know, countless.
2: Yeah. I hated going to the gym and like writing down the how many reps and what I did. I would never do that. I I never got it right. I never, I would forget. It was just, it was a disaster. It was a disaster. And you never know
1: when to change your weight. No, it's it's, just, ah, I hate it. I I hate it. There is no version of events, are no versions of events, where I would, lift weight if it wasn't for tonal
2: it's true we've been to the gym since we've had the tonal and like we've gone on vacation there's a gym there in theory he could have worked out in the gym and there have
1: been times when i'm like okay i'm gonna do it i get down there i walk in i look around and i'm like nope. i'm out he and doesn't i not like leave and then won't he does do
2: then he goes back to the room and does a, a workout from the like app a, like a body weight <laughs> thing on the
1: end won't do it
2: hey we don't
3: mind
1: that <laughs> <laughs>
2: Okay. So talking about different beta project and things like that, I would love to hear more about custom by Tonal and like how feedback over time has shaped that project. Because I know that's been in beta for a really long time. And I'm really curious about that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. One thing that's important to mention is, and Dan alluded to this, in terms of what we work on and how we decide what is being worked on, one thing that's at the heart of everything that we do is just driving efficiency within the workouts of our members and helping them to progress towards whatever their goal is quicker and more easily. And so when looking at custom by tonal, this was one of those situations where we were kind of at the sweet spot between providing member value and also business value. Internally, we were trying to solve the problem of Hey, content takes a while to produce. How do we get in front of our members sooner with content that is a little bit lighter weight in the sense of it's quicker to produce so that we can understand if a curriculum is resonating with a group or if this new concept is something that's enticing to folks. And then on the member side, we know a lot of people like doing custom workouts. They like doing free lift workouts. And when we talk to them, a lot of what they say is, hey, listen, I just really like getting in and getting out and getting stronger. And and that's kind of my motto. And so what we did here is we said, you know what, why don't we build a format for those people or anyone else that really efficiency is at the top of their list and put it out there and see how it evolves over time. And it was a little bit scary at the beginning because we said, we're going to start with basic form of this and we're going to get let users guide the direction of where this goes oh that would be so immediately yeah yeah, we heard and uh was awesome about this is we had 10 releases total while it was in beta different workouts different programs each new release we were testing something on both the content front and the software front and so over time it got incrementally better and so it's we started with basic ultimate workouts we learned that people really wanted warmups and cool downs. So we said, cool, we got you. We're going to bake that into the programming. Then we heard, hey, it'd be really nice if the workouts or the warmups and cool downs were a little more immersive, like what we have with the coach. And then we said, well, there's no reason we can't tack a coach warm up and cool down to this. So let's do that and see if we are inching closer towards the solution. Similarly, we exposed a lot of the problems that people have. When doing customer free lift workouts, like moves transitioning too quickly, having that tiny little movement demo that you can't see when you're lying on the ground six feet away. And so we took that information in and we built a solution, not only for custom by but we ported that over into custom and free lift. So it was with each next release, we were listening to the member feedback from the post-workout surveys. We had a bunch of awesome members write into us at betatonal.com at with really rich pain points, recommendations, feedback that we listened to. And then, of course, we had the data. We knew what people were doing. We knew where they were having potential issues by just monitoring workout performance.
2: That is so cool. Yeah. I'm really curious if you guys ever hear one thing from people, but then when you talk to them, when you're actually having conversations, you actually discover they really mean something else. Like they're, it's not really what they thought it was. Do you ever run into that? Yes.
0: <laughs>
1: He's like, that's the entirety of my job.
2: <laughs> He's like, that's why I'm the translator. Yes. <laughs>
3: Identifying those, though, are difficult. I bet. When, for I sure. Bet. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Wait, wait, Tom always tells this story. I'm going to tell the abbreviated version, Tom. Because you can't trust me. Well, no, because you might go down a rabbit hole. It takes five minutes. But <laughs> he tells this story about whenever he was on the radio about how these people would call in and they would complain about whatever, about the song that was playing, or they always wanted this one song. The but band like...
1: Kiss. Okay, That's good. That's what it was.
2: So if you play that song, though, and then you actually look at the data, which you guys are doing because you're doing both, then you would see that, like, but that was only like one out of like a hundred thousand people that actually cared about that song, and so it's the what do you call that? You always say like, don't listen to. I the, always
1: say don't trust the phones. It's what we would say in radios. Like, is like you would answer the request line, and people would say, I would like '90s alt rock. I want to hear Corn, right? And it's like not that Corn isn't a popular or successful band, but that if you listen to the phones they had the listeners or the fans who were the most rabid and they would call you over and over and over again because at the time they were 13 and they didn't have anything else to do and so if you believe the phones all you would be playing was corn limp biscuit and marilyn manson and you would never play anything else and you would run people off because when you actually did the research Yes, people wanted to hear corn, but they didn't want to only hear corn or only hear bands like corn. And so, like you, you had to be careful about what data points you could truly put your money in.
0: Exactly. Yeah. It's it's the importance of representative sampling when when you're talking to to members and and user research. I mean, there's some cases, of course, where just one person has a particular problem. You want to address that in some cases right away. You don't need to hear it from, you know, a a larger sample of people. And the example is kind of like a pothole. You know, if somebody drives over a pothole on, on a road. You don't need 100 people falling into that pothole before you realize okay that quickly needs to be addressed right but in other cases like you said you can't always just listen to the most vocal minority and of course you know again representative sampling is, is a huge part of that and, and being able to distinguish between who's saying it and and who's not saying it and and why some different communities of of members might be saying it. And of course, listening and and respecting it. But like you said, not always making decisions based on just what maybe a a vocal group might be saying.
2: That's fascinating. So going down that road, has member feedback then ever caused you to change your plans? Like the direction like, okay, we know this is a problem because X. We start to go fix it. Here's how we're headed down the road. And then all of a sudden you're getting feedback and you're like, oh crap, we got to change, take a left here. Does that ever happen?
3: It definitely has. Yeah. One project that I can think of is a pretty... What we learned, we didn't didn't know this while building the feature, but we learned that it's a pretty advanced feature, as in people that are intermediate and advanced tend to use this more than beginners, but it's muscle exclusions. So saying the filters. So to... When you can search for, in the past, you can search for back workouts that also included biceps. Now you can say, give me a back workout without biceps. And when we were first building that, we just figured that the inverse of inclusion was going to work. And the way, without getting too in the weeds, the way that when you select a muscle group, what we look at is we basically determine, is this a back workout? What we're not looking at is, does this workout contain any back? So if you were to do a workout with, let's say, one uh, a set of deadlifts that technically does work your back, but everything else was lower body, that wouldn't be a back workout. What we learned, though, was from our members when testing this feature, people it was a different use case for excluding muscle groups. And, and this is where, again, there were definitely some people that were in the camp of Just wanting to rest their muscles. But some people wanted these exclusion filters for the purpose of avoiding muscles, whether that be they're dealing with some type of injury or for some other reason. And in that case, they don't want to hit back at all. And so anything strenuous on the lower back in that case, they want to omit. And a popular example of when people use it is to exclude shoulders, right? They might have shoulder impingement and they No matter what, they just don't want to work their shoulders in a workout. And we were including workouts, or we were rather returning workouts that maybe had one set of upright rows. But outside of that, there were no other shoulders. But that is a big enough pain point in the moment to have people say, this isn't what I meant. I don't want to do shoulders. And so it led us down the path of making it a little more restrictive.
2: Yeah, I really appreciate that because whenever as I was recovering, I got hit by a car back in February and I was out training for a run. And so I had broken my collarbone. That was one of the things that got broken. And so I couldn't use my shoulder at all. And so like I couldn't do pulling and pushing. And so I had to be really careful about that, but I could do a lot of other things. And so when I was starting to get back to, okay, my physical therapist says I can lift weights. That was great, but I could not use my shoulder. So being able to have that ability to do was amazing. So, yes, and huge fan that you guys were able to do that. <laughs> and
0: also, I'm so sorry to hear that. I oh, hope you're feeling yeah. okay. You're, I, I you're- am That's
2: amazingly much better now, much better. It was it was a rough go the first, <laughs> the first few weeks. <laughs> but uh, I was very, very fortunate. Yeah, don't recommend getting hit by a car. Yeah, zero (laughs) out of five stars.
1: (laughs) Sticking notes. Sticking notes. notes. (laughs) It's even harder. He's in England. They all drive on the wrong side of it. That's true. Very dangerous. Very, very dangerous. (laughs) So uh, is there something that you're interested in working on that you haven't had the chance to do yet? Is there like a dream project or modification you'd like to make?
0: Yeah, (laughs) I, they both got yeah. shit-eating I grins. know. <laughs> it's it's a tough one to answer because so we're obviously always working on improving the product and, and moving you know tonal forward and helping our members move forward, and so we already have quite a full plate of things that we're working on now. But there are lots of things you know that I would love to be working on. Unfortunately, you know, a lot of it is confidential, so sure. I can't. I personally highlight some of those things but i would love you know if if any of the the listeners of the podcast are are interested in in sharing some feedback or if they have some pet projects that they'd like us to take a look at by all means you know if, if they could leave comments or, or email us my email is research at com, and you know by all means uh, i would love to to get that that member feedback directly from folks who are listening
2: that's
1: awesome awesome Zach,
3: yeah. you yeah, also you, had a great.
2: Yeah, you did.
3: <laughs> yeah, there's there's one feature, but I just wanted to plus one what Dan said. Again, user feedback, member feedback drives so much of what we do. Your question got me thinking about one of the sitting in the seat where I just see a ton of content data and information come in. So many people have so many different preferences when it comes to programs. Some people want more high energy. Other people want only on tonal moves the one thing i see all the time is give me a program like x or i want to work out like y and having used a bunch of products if those if people are listening to this on spotify you're probably familiar with the song radio feature where you can anchor onto any song and then create a playlist based on that oh Oh, i love where your head's at yes
2: (laughs) yes yes i want to have that for tonal that would be amazing Yes, because like, I just got done doing the sculpt and shred, right? And it's with the metabolic conditioning. And I mean, I saw results from that. And I'm like, yeah, I want to do more of that. That's what I want to do more of. And then like trying to figure out like, okay, this has a lot of the same moves, but is it going to be the same intensity, you know, like in the rep thing? And it, so yeah, yeah, I love, love that idea. Oh, that would be amazing. Oh, <laughs> I got very excited. <laughs>
1: I noticed. <laughs> me too. Me too. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. It Super has. informative. Yeah. And I'm glad I, I said at least one thing that generated note taking.
2: Yeah. That's, pe-
1: <laughs> that's better than I normally
2: do. Well, unless somebody's complaining about you. Well, that, that's true. <laughs>
1: that's, I could tell he wasn't writing anything. Angrily, yeah. So I yeah. felt like I was probably that was that okay. was
2: calm note taking. yes <laughs>
1: <laughs> So well, thank you so much for having us. This has
3: been a blast. Loved chatting with you. Love the fact that we can speak to hopefully people that are using Tonal and open up the lines a little bit to them to not only reach out to us but to also take a look underneath the hood and and show them. Yeah, we approach just building products and hopefully. They can get an understanding of some of what we see, some of what we hear. So this has just been a really nice experience. Thank you for having us.
2: Oh, we are very appreciative. And Zach, on that note, is your email address the same? Like if they do research at tonal.com, will they reach you and Dan or just Dan? Should they go to a different email to reach out to you?
3: That would probably be just Dan. I can be if,
2: if it's not appropriate for you to share. That is no, totally no, no, no. okay. Like I'm not trying to like fill and up your, your if, inbox. And
1: also, if you give us your social security number
3: and your right, mother's right. name, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. we're
2: the ones <laughs> taking notes now. <laughs>
3: I was gonna say I was gonna say one of the aliases that I monitor very closely is beta at tonal Okay. You can likely funnel whatever you've got to research, but if you're if there's a specific thing that you're curious about on the custom by tonal front or content front, beta at tonal is open for the taking. I'll see whatever comes
1: through there.
2: Okay, awesome. perfect. That's
1: good to know. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your Collective days to join us. This was very interesting.
2: It was, yeah. Thank you guys very Thank much. You both. Thank you, Bush. Thank you, Tommy,
0: Crystal.
1: So I guess that brings this episode to a close. Uh, we should also remind people again, if you are listening to this episode because you're still trying to learn about Tonal and you're thinking about pulling the trigger, don't forget you can save a hundred dollars. How?
2: You just put in code the clip out at checkout.
1: Yes. So until next week or next time, where can people find you?
2: People can find me on Facebook at slash crystal d o'keefe. And they can also find me on the tonal leaderboard as well as all social media platforms at clip out crystal
1: and you can find me on twitter at roger Kubert or on facebook at facebook.com slash tom o'keefe you can find i guess you can find me on the tonal leaderboard if that's your jam under tom o'keefe it's very creative
2: very creative yeah
1: and uh you can also find the show online at facebook.com slash superset podcast and don't forget you can watch these episodes on youtube so that's it for this one thanks for tuning in and until next time keep lifting The Superset is made possible in part by support from Tonal.